There were some rumors swirling around on the weekend of the Steelers game, and it was revolving around Mike Tomlin's, what he might be looking for in a quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger. We're going to talk about that, the offense and the defense, after Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday. And when I say we, I'm joined by our special guest and reoccurring guest, Doug Whaley. He's worked in the front office of the Steelers. He's been a general manager in the NFL. You see him on the final word, 93.7 The Fan. We're going to talk to him. It's going to be a fun episode right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can watch this show on YouTube. Like and subscribe to the video if you're watching it here. You can also listen to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey. Rate us five stars with a positive comment on, on Apple Podcasts. You get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Today, we're rejoined by a friend of ours, Doug Whaley. Doug Whaley, you know him, front office of the Steelers, NFL GM. Now you can hear him on 93.7 in the mornings on, on uh, Whaley's mor- Wednesday's mornings. You can also see him on the final word, made his debut this past weekend, looked very good doing so. So we're excited to see him. Well, there, Doug, thank you for rejoining the show. How have you been, my man? I've been great, and uh, always great to chop it up with you, your hardest man, working man in the sports business in <laughs> Pittsburgh. So appreciate you giving me some time. Hey, man, of course, we got to give Doug some love. Now, Doug, I want to get your thoughts here because you've been in the front office. You know what it's like, what these conversations are like, both officially when you're on the phone trying to make moves and also in the back room when you're in the war room. you got to make these decisions. But there was the huge story that, that, that seeped out from Fox. Jay Glazer, who noted close friend with Mike Tomlin, you know, they've been they've been boys for a long time. He that he he what I'm sorry, he said that Mike Tomlin has told him specifically that he is not trying to get a rookie quarterback. He's looking for a veteran after Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I know that we're still in the middle of this season, but one of the biggest topics for the Pittsburgh Steelers is what's the plan after Ben? Everyone's talking about Matt Corral or Malik Willis or Sam Howell or Kenny Pickett or you know all these different uh, your quarterbacks that are going to be in this next NFL draft. But they're but uh, like it's kind of like you know we see this, this. There's not a Trevor Lawrence this year. There's not a clear number one pick. There's not. It's not like 20 what 17 or 2018 when you had four or five quarterbacks. You could say aha, this is the year to go get a quarterback this is a scary year for that is that the main reasoning here or is it the, do you think it's more so mike tomlin is just like look we have talent on this team and i want a veteran who can come in and win with this talent right away i look at it this way one he's doing a masterful job of you and one using one of his close friends to get the word out there not only to the public but to his locker room mm. hey veteran defense we're going to retool and not rebuild and one of the reasons like i mentioning is you have a veteran defense that can carry the load so he wants to be able to capitalize on this defense while he has those guys under contract and also in the prime of their careers so i can see it from his standpoint like listen there's no use of wasting this defense or stretching this defense to its limit by having a young quarterback and trying to go through those growing pains so and especially add to the fact of where he is in his coaching career he may be looking at it as and i don't want to start over i don't i don't know if i want to coach another 10 to 15 years and and how hard is it to find that 
college quarterback. First of all, the hit rate on first round picks is really, really small. Agreed. And then you add to the fact that if they continue on the path that they showed from Sunday, they're not going to be drafting in the top 10. So right. this is a message, not like I said, not only to the public, but to the guys in the locker room. That that's what I see. I, I didn't think of this though as a strategic move by Tomlin to get the word out, not just to the other team, but to his team. It's like, look, guys, don't just play for this year. You're playing like understand that you need to build the roots because when Ben's gone, we're not just bringing in, you know, you know, Kenny Pickett or Matt Coral and saying, Hey, we hope it works out. They're gonna go and get a guy now. Doug, we've seen all the rumors. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. We've heard there's and Aaron Rodgers is the loudest one, of course, because you know his standing with the Packers and that situation. Then you had the the hilarious clip up of you know Aaron, you know Mike Tomlin calling a timeout when Aaron Rodgers thought he had the Steelers, and like Aaron Rodgers looks at him and Mike Tomlin looks at him, and there's that oh man, there's something there. But you know, there's also rumors of Russell Wilson not liking his spot. How realistic? Is it that the Steelers can even get one of those guys? Because there's the there's the fans on Twitter. They're going to be like, "Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is coming to Pittsburgh." And then there's the like the writers and the realists that are like, "Listen, buddy, it ain't happening." But the Steelers have done a lot of things that people would say wouldn't happen, like when they traded for Mika Fitzpatrick, when they traded up to go get Devin Bush. They've broken the mold a few times. Would they break the mold to get a major quarterback, or do you think we're looking at like more of a middle of the road veteran quarterback? I, I, it all depends on what it costs. I mean, everybody likes. Aaron Rodgers, but how much do you like him? Are you going to be able to bring up Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson without really cutting yourself off at the knees? What are you going to have to give draft capital wise, maybe even a trade? Are you going to give up TJ Watt for Aaron Rodgers? Are you mm. going to give up a Hayward for Aaron? I mean, for Russell Wilson. So those are the things that have to play into it. And then also how, once you get those guys, can you get them under contract for an extended period of time? Right. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Is there a chance? Absolutely, there's a chance. Do I think that can happen? No doubt about it. And it's one of those things where it, this might be one of those moves where they shock the world. They're, and this may be, and don't underestimate this. Everybody talks about Tomlin, but think of Art Rooney. Is mm. this one of those moves that he finally puts his stamp on this team and this organization and saying, my dad was a Hall of Fame owner and I respect him and I wouldn't be where I am without him and the, and the lessons he taught me. But now it's time for me to put my stamp on this and take this next generation of Steelers fans and Steelers organization under my tutelage. So though that's a dynamic that a lot of people aren't talking about. And he's quietly done some of those things. Look at the MGM sponsorship. Yeah. Would his, would his, his father have done it as quickly as Art did? Look at the TJ Watt contract. He, he guaranteed. So he's gone against some, some tried and true traditions that the Steelers have had and he's slowly putting his stamp on this organization, and this might be another move that shows that. This would be very interesting. I I didn't even think it from the owner's perspective. I was thinking purely from the you know, head coach, maybe the GM and Kevin Colbert. You know, he's also you know he's been on a year to year contract for quite some time with the Steelers, and you know these are guys that have been around for a while. But I didn't think from the from the Rooney's aspect. You know, there's, there's two Hall of Fame guys. You know, Art and Dan. Those are two legendary owners in the history of the NFL and what they've done for the league. I'm so I'm sure this Art wants to be able to be like, hey. Uh, this is this is what we did when I was when I was under control, uh, Doug. That's amazing perspective from your part. No doubt about it. And no matter what 
coach does or even Kevin, whatever plan they come up with or devise to have life after Ben, the ultimate co-signer or guy that signs off on it is mm -hmm. Art. So Art's going to be in there. And, and I'm telling you, I've been around Art. He is a methodical person and he's not going to do anything that he, he hasn't thought through from A to Z. So I think that's something that, like you said, a lot of people aren't thinking about because Tomlin's out there as the face of the organization and talking to the media, but behind the scenes, Art's pulling those strings. That's amazing stuff there, Doug. We've talked a lot about what the Steelers will do in the future. I want to talk to you about what they're doing right now in the field. We'll do that in just a minute. But you talked about the upside of getting of getting an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson or what they might do. I'm going to tell our fans about GetUpside. It's a great app that everyone can download for free, and it helps you if you buy gas. And if you buy gas, that, 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 you, you want to listen to this. My listeners are making up to 25 cents per, ga uh, per gallon of gas every time they fill up their tank. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or google play right now use promo code touchdown that's t-o-t-o-u-c-h-d-o-w-n just like it's spelled touchdown to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price of the pump anymore get cash back by using get upside you can do that by downloading the app for free and again use the promo code touchdown to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash gets added right to your account you can then cash out at any time to your bank account PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents per gallon off the next time you fill up or on your first tank. I'm Chris Carter. We'll be right back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Doug Whaley, you know, just professing just his genius and his knowledge in the NFL and what he's going here. Great stuff there. Now, Doug, when the game's going on, you're tweeting, I'm tweeting, we're giving our evaluations and just what we're seeing in, in, with the Steelers. The Steelers' offense had been abysmal through, through four games. It had looked really rough. But against the Broncos, you saw some glimmers of hope. You saw the running game come alive you saw Najee Harris get over 100 yards for his first time in his career you saw Ben Roethlisberger hit a deep pass down the sideline for a second game down the road what well, wasn't sideline but you know deep outside to, to Deontay Johnson and you saw him hit a deep a pass a little further down the field over the middle things that we were wondering when is this going to be incorporated first I want to get your thoughts on the on the run game Doug do you think that what we saw against the Broncos who came into the game ranked as the number fifth rushing defense, they're now number seven, is there a sustainable growth with this offensive line that doesn't have a first rounder on it with Najee Harris? Is that something that you can see keep building positively for the year? It better be because what that does is one, it helps your young offensive line because offensive linemen would rather be going forward than backward. And I always relate this to the quote of the Hall of Fame, Russ Grimm. In his Hall of Fame speech, he said, there's no greater feeling than moving a man from point A to point B against his will. So that's that pride. And once everybody was hammering those offensive linemen and it started to, to challenge their pride. So I give it to Coach Canada, Coach Tomlin, and the game plan that let's, let's put a commitment to, to the run and it helps build, off, build those offensive linemen uh, confidence. And what also that happens is now those defensive linemen can't just play one aspect. 
Now, before, they were playing the run on the way to the pass. Now, if they have to play the run or the pass, that millisecond of them reading to decide what's going on, that advantage goes to the offensive lineman. So when you're talking about young guys and not being together for so long and and trying to develop that chemistry, any advantage you can give them is obviously the best thing you can do for those guys. Then you look at the offense as a whole. When you're ahead of the sticks, guess what that happens to that? That makes that third and two when everybody was talking about the short passing game and it was much maligned. Well, when you run a four-yard out and it's third and two, guess what? First down. And then guess what? Now those linebackers at second level, they have to start stepping up and they start thinking about run first before mm-hmm. the pass. And guess what opens up? That deep pass down the middle. And then all of a sudden, those uh, corners are saying, oh, man, I got to start supporting the run. And then the deep pass on the sideline. So that commitment to the run is showing you a flow in the offense that you can feed off of and opens up everything else. And it just makes life easier for not only the offensive lineman, but your uh, elder statesman quarterback. I want to get to Ben in just a second, but Najee Harris continues to just look stronger and stronger and stronger. We saw him cramp up at the end of the game, but I mean, he, to me, he looks like everything that, that we've been, that we've been sold about what he did at Alabama, what he could look like in the NFL. Is this a guy who do you think that you think he could become maybe the best running back in football or, you know, a, in that conversation? Because right now we're seeing it just first five games in. He's he's picking people apart. He's making guys miss. He's stiff arming guys. It seems like he has 20 different ways to beat defenses. And, and I agree that he's a volume guy. And the more we feed them or the more they feed this guy, the more you're going to see and be ready to stamp him one of the best in the game. But for me, the thing that I think is mostly under grossly underrated about him and people aren't talking about him is his blitz pickup. And when you think about it, that is the hardest thing for young running backs to come in and do is to not only identify the blitz, but have the technique, the want to, and the aggressiveness to step up there and take those blitzing linebackers. Or even if you have to put them on a defensive end, stepping up and making that block. And I think that's underrated. And I thought of, I saw this early in his career when, when the running game was struggling, I was most impressed with his pass blocking. Hmm. I, I, I tell you what, when we asked Najee about that, we, we, we talked about, he, he was like, Oh, I love, I love to do it. He's like, I, and like in the, in the early parts of training camp, he would, you know, they would, he would take a rep and then Tom would call someone else. He's like, no, 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 no. I want to go again. He was making sure he wanted to do that. Najee loves football. Like, and you know, Mike, Mike Tomlin, he loves people who love football and you could just see those bonds building. You could also see Ben talking to Najee all the time, just trying to just feed him. Like he talked about, Oh, you know, Jerome Bettis did this and and, and this guy did that. They're trying to feed this, this young man because he seems to get what it takes to be a great player and all the work that it takes just to be a good player. And that's usually when you understand that you got to do all this just to be able to play on Sundays and be efficient at your job. Usually you're the guy that when you have the athletic talents like Najee Harris, you boost those talents with that technique, with that improved professionalism. That's what we're seeing out of him. But I want to ask you about Ben. To me, I looked at this offense and we could point to the offensive line. We could point to all the other guys about a lot of different things. But to me, a big problem leading into this game was Ben just not seeing the field. He wasn't comfortable enough. Whatever it was, it seemed like he wasn't seeing the field. I do think in this Broncos game, this was the best I saw him 
understand what a defense is doing and counter it with throws. Do, do you think that he's going to be able to continue to figure things out as the season goes along? Or do you think that this is going to be more of a long haul for Ben this season? No, he's started figuring it out because again, the defense weren't, weren't sitting back and playing a certain saying, Hey, they're not doing anything but this. So they can confuse him, show him different looks, but in essence, they were just sitting on the short passing game. When they have to respect every part of your offense, then that gives Ben a chance to do what he does. And what I think is going to be the Ben that we see and the most beneficial Ben to the Steelers is what I call, everybody says a game manager. I say it a timely game manager. And what I mean by that is a guy, think about Russell Wilson. He's not a fantasy stat leader. He's not throwing for 350, you know, for four or five touchdowns. But what he is doing is he's hitting those. He's probably five for nine on third downs. He's mm-hmm. probably eight for 11 in the, fourth, in the fourth quarter. He's making those timely throws that win you games. And that's what Ben does. And that's where we have to start seeing Ben now. Run the rock and then have Ben make those throws when we need him to win the game. That's going to be a big part of this. I think Ben Roethlisberger absolutely can. I mean, heck, you saw that pass to Chase Claypool, not just the throw, but the look off. And I even asked him about it after the game. I'm like, did you look off that safety? And he was like, yeah, I kind of did. And, and But it's that kind of stuff. I wasn't seeing that from him. Like you said, teams were able to sit on what he was doing. And, you know, against the Packers, like, you know, he wasn't able to look this guy this way and and, and, and throw it throw it where he was leaving him well because he was saying, I'm going to look to my left. You're going to go after Deontay Johnson. Now I can attack the middle of the field. But seeing that on a Ben, I was like, that's there's something there again. You know, people, a lot of people have called him washed or finished or, you know, all these other things. I've refused to call him that in fact a lot of people call it you gotta bench him for mace rudolph i've never said that and why because i'm like there's too many times that i've seen ben struggle with something but then figure it out and i know that he's old now and he's he's way past his prime but i've seen him dig his way out of the situation and i think that he took the first step to doing that in this broncos game and i think another thing that you're seeing is his maturity he's starting to understand his limitations now with his physical skill set he can't do what he used to do and those first couple games, it seemed like, in my eyes, you could see that that cloud above his head saying, body, do this. But the body wasn't doing it, and he wanted to do it. But now he's saying, okay, I can't do what I used to do. But what I can do is play that game up here mm. in coordination with the identity that we're installing on the offense, and starting with that running game. And then I can use those veteran Wiley tricks of the trade to help me propel me to be that again, that timely game manager. That's a very good point too. Cause like you said, you know, he might, he might think that in the meeting room and in the, in the pregame, but it's different when the guys are coming at you and your guys are running the routes and you're just natural instinctive reaction is I could do this. And like, Whoa, I can't do that. So it might just be a, Hey, he needed to go through this a little bit so he could re- then realize, okay, these are my physical limitations. I think it's a great point by you. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's akin to a golfer. When you get old enough, you got to move up to the gold tees. That, that's it. But you know how to play your game, know your game and play your game and try not to try to stay in that, those confines and perfect your skill set at the time, which is right now is again, diminished skill set physically, but greater skill set mentally. 
That's good. That, that's going to be a big key for Ben Roethlisberger. We're going to get Doug's thoughts on the defense in just, just a second here. But first, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the healthy treat that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar is the ultimate protein bar for you. It's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And it comes in so many different flavors. Whether you want a fruity snack like raspberry, strawberry, or orange, or something different like salted caramel, cookies, and cream, double chocolate, or, man... This, this real cookie dough, Doug, this, this flavor is great. You put it in the fridge, you let it cool for like a day, you bust it out, it's a, an amazing snack for you. And the best part about it is that they range from 130 to 180 calories. That's extremely light on you while packing 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. That's a tasty and healthy snack that saves you from eating the snack you'll regret, let, regret later and helps you stay on task with anyone's diet. Order today and get your favorite flavor delivered right to your door by going to built.com and use promo code LOCKED. 15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Lock 15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, wrapping things up with Doug Whaley. Doug, I want to get your thoughts on the on the, on the secondary, specifically in the defense, because Mika Fitzpatrick hasn't had the amazing take control of a game play like he's had the last two years. I mean, he's been that guy for the for the Steelers defense. Now he almost had that against the Packers until it was wiped away by that offsides on the special teams play, but still. You know, part of this, is, I, I think, goes into teams are trying to not target him. They're trying to not throw it in areas where he can make a play on the ball. They're trying to force him to come up and make plays underneath. But as you noted on Twitter during the game against the Broncos, he had a really bad miss on Javante Williams in the hole that led to a really long run. That Thanks to James Pierre, he tackled him at the one, and that saved the Steelers. But um, what's your assessment of where Minka is right now? He's been a first-team All-Pro safety the last two years in the NFL with the Steelers. But now, you know, PFF has him graded as one of the worst safeties in the NFL. Do you think that he's been that bad, or do you think he's more so like there's just some new things that the Steelers have to figure out this year? Well, I, that's something that I really have to study more because coming into the season, you heard Keith Butler say, we're going to start moving him around and, and putting him in different places. And add to the fact that it's a contract year. So mm. is he pressing and trying to do too much? He's not playing under control. And those tackles that he's missing are angle related because mm. he's taking bad angles or over aggressiveness where he's not coming in under control and making the tackle. So in my mind, I think it's a combination of him not only being a, 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 a what well, say a place where he's comfortable and that he's played before, and now he's he's all over the place and trying to focus and then also trying to do too much and maybe make up for some of the splash plays that he's not making because he's not in that center field position. So I think he, what he has to do is calm down, understand that he doesn't have to be Superman and he doesn't have to make every play, but insert in the defense and do what he's asked to do and play under control and things are going to come to you instead of trying to force things to come to you. No, I, I agree with that assessment so far on the year. He's been tar according to PFF and this is just their coverage numbers. They, he's been targeted 20 times, allowed 15 catches for 162 yards, uh, 47 of those yards coming after the catch. And he's only allowed one touchdown, uh, but he doesn't have an interception yet on the year. Now here's, here's the other thing about this is that, 
uh, you know, he th- those some of those plays are coming underneath. It, it's you know, a lot of the plays that I saw we saw him make over the past few years have been him playing deeper, deeper in coverage. But like against the Broncos, he was targeted uh, you know, according to PFF, he was targeted five times, allowed five catches for fifty three yards. But again, that's if that's like ten yards ish a catch, you know, and the the longest one of those was twenty three yards. A lot of those I feel when I go back and I watch the tape, they're more so that he just happens to be the closest guy around and he comes in and he makes the tackle or, or makes that kind of a play. That's tougher to evaluate, but I do think that part of it goes to what you're saying, Doug. They're moving around in different spots, and it takes a while to adjust to that. And I, I really struggle with PFF, and and granted, it's great in some part, parts, but first of all, who's grading? The, who's doing these grading? <laughs> and, and then second off is if you don't know the defense and his what he's supposed to be doing in that defense, how can you tell if that was a, a bust by him, a good play or not a good play? because maybe he's covering up for someone that wasn't supposed to be there or was supposed to be there. And he's trying to say, I'm going to make a football play where I'm going to, and and the best, what I really think about is Ryan Clark and Mm. Troy Polamola wouldn't have been the player. He would have been without Ryan Clark because Dick LeBeau used to say, Troy, you go get the ball, Ryan, you make him right. And maybe Mink is doing that. And I, this is a rabbit hole we can go down with PFF. Sure, sure. And it's a great, it's a great tool, and they've monetized it great. And it's the whatever go to for everybody. But I struggle with that. But but in the eye test, yes, he is struggling a little bit. But I think it's more of like I said before, him trying to make too much, too many splash plays, and maybe and being in those different positions and not totally being comfortable yet. That, that that could be a, a big part of this. I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see, you know, because it's obvious that the the want and the the net to still make plays is still there. I mean, that blocked field goal. If they if they call that correctly, that's a game changing play. Who knows how that Steelers Packers game goes? Uh, you know, but early, early against the Broncos, I, I was like a third down where he came up and had a tackle, and and you saw just the excitement just exuding from him after they made the stuff. He, he clearly he wants to be that leader and I think he will be that leader for the for this team for for years to come because I do think they're gonna pay him after this season uh but you know part of it comes with the growing pains you know Troy had some years where he wasn't at his best but you saw that like man like he's close to figuring it out and then of course you saw just the years he had in the late 2000s into the early 2010s just being you know maybe the best safety in football in those in those years um you know that he can figure that out Minka's also a young guy he's about to turn 25 years old. That's that's a lot of time to figure things out, right? No doubt about it. And also, I'll I'll put it to you this way: at twenty five, a guy's skill set doesn't fall off the cliff like that. I know. So he, it's not like he's all of a sudden is a bad player. This guy is an elite player that has got many years, like you said, to to really be a prolific safety in the league. He's just got to again calm down, let it come to you. Do not force the issue and I think that's exactly what he's doing right now let's get to the rest of the secondary if you got a minute because we're looking at the secondary they had to adjust without Cameron Sutton I want to get your thoughts on James Pierre now fans of this show know we have a guy who comes on to uh, Tuesdays so we call him he's Tony Serino we call him as Tony Tuesdays Doug he's been banging the James Pierre drum since March and he saw he saw like three plays of him in the playoffs and he's like James Pierre that's the guy he's got the he's leading the James Pierre hype train and I will say this James Pierre that, that touchdown that he gave up is the second long touchdown he's given up this season very bad play but you you see the fight from him and Mike Tomlin made note man like he was like he called the rundown of 
of, of Javante Williams special play. And then to stick with it after that, giving up that touchdown, he had a breakup on, on that last drive. And then he had the interception to close out the game. Doug, what's your assessment of Jay's Pierre? He's an extremely young corner, but it seems like he grows and he, he hangs in there. He has the right mentality to play the position. You, you hit it right on the head. He's a young guy and corners are going to make mistakes. You're out there on that Island. You're going to get exposed one time or another. Even the best used to get beat. So I like to see the maturity, but I also like to see, like you said, that grittiness, that want to, that running the guy down, but also dropping an interception that could have sealed the game, but not going in the tank and ending up making that play in the end. So his confidence is just going to start getting better and better and better, and he's going to start playing better and better and better, and he's going to start believing in himself. And I think the sky's the limit for this guy, so I'm excited, especially when you start looking on the other side. Hayden, it's coming closer to the end yeah. than the beginning. Absolutely. So the, these are the type of things that you, you really got to be cognizant of the fact of, okay, Pierre may not have been a high draft pick or whatever, but a guy can grow into be a very excellent corner. And he's going upward while Hayden is at least going down a little bit. And, and that's and that's, I agree with that because there's some people that said, oh, Joe Hayden's done already. And I'm like, I wouldn't say all that. Like, no. He's he's able to make plays, but granted, you look at him and you see like, okay, we get why the Steelers maybe hesitated on giving him the extension he was looking for because and Joe is a great is a great athlete. He has he's never been the fastest, but he's always been so technically sound. But still, there is a point where as a corner, your speed becomes too much of a liability, right? Absolutely, no doubt about it. You don't get faster the older you get. My thinking and my biggest question or excitement to see is, let's say. They, at the end of the season, say, Joe Hayden, we wanted you to come back, but we want you to move inside. Can you imagine mm. Minka and Hayden as safety, especially in the way the game is going down? It's a pass-happy league, and you don't need those Steve Atwater come up and blow you up type of uh, safeties anymore right? because it's really going – those guys get penalties. Mm -hmm. So if you got a guy that Hayden was never shy of, uh, of forcing the run or making tackles, so between his ball skills – he, as a corner, his speed is on the borderline of being a liability as a safety. That's great. And then that gives the defensive coordinator a lot of flexibility to match up. So he does, maybe you don't, now you don't have to go with nickel. You can have that safety come down and cover the tight ends or cover a slot and then protect yourself against the run. So a Hayden moving into safety next year with Minka, I think, takes this defense to another level as long as you can find a corner to replace what by moving him in to replace him now uh, last last question here because it, you this has been amazing information but i wanted to ask you about you know, moving into safety that's presuming that terrell edmonds wouldn't be there what's your assessment of what he's done he's only been targeted 15 times uh this year this year um allowing 11 catches for 112 yards uh, he has an interception, had a had a big one, uh, I believe it was against the Bengals. Uh, but what's your assessment of what ter how Terrell Edmonds has grown? But, you know, with them paying TJ, with them paying Minka, is it just that he's going to be looking for a big contract and they can't afford him? Or is there something else there? I just look at him as a guy. There's a difference with God, that guys that make plays and playmakers. Mm. He's a guy that will make plays, but he's not a playmaker. So I what I would do is, hey, Go out there and test the market. See what you get. And if you get what you like, great. 
but come back and let us know what it is. And if we can match it, great. If not, good luck to you. We're glad. But if, if you can't get what you want, come back home. We always want you. And, and I, I, again, he's, he's a guy that you may not hear a lot about, be it good or be it bad. So he's like that trusty Coca-Cola that people go into on a hot day. It's always going to be there and it's always going to be consistent. I know what I'm getting now. Is it going to be a special like a Coke Zero or a Cherry Coke? <laughs> uh, but it's a Coke. <laughs> so we have confirmed breaking news here. Doug Whaley is a Coke man over a Pepsi, guys. Is that is that the case here? Actually, you know, I'm 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 actually a Dr Pepper man. Ooh, fancy! Yeah. I see you, sir, with your pinky yeah. out. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, dig, I dig it, Doug. I dig it, Doug. This has been fantastic and a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us here. Let people let people know where they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Well, Wednesdays at, with Whaley on 93.7 The Fan. Uh, morning Drive on Sirius uh, NFL Radio at 8.35 on Wednesdays right before I go on under The Fan. And I'm always at Twitter at, uh, at Doug Whaley 9. Dude, check it out. He, te- he tweets amazing stuff to go- during the game. Go get his insights. Follow follow him at Doug Whaley 9. It does, it's fantastic. You can see it on the screen if you're watching here on YouTube. I'm Chris Carter. Thanks so much for watching and listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast here. We're back tomorrow with a crossover episode with Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. It'll be a lot of fun. We have great conversation with him. And then we're wrapping up the week with Jenna Harner on Friday, getting you ready for the weekend. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Listen to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Odyssey. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like our video. Subscribe to our channel. It really helps us out. Be back in the ears and on your screens very soon.